0: All right, now last week was supposed to be the final week in our 4th Dimension series, but I really felt challenged by God to do a bonus week. Okay, a bonus week. So we are coming into the, the, last, the last, last week of the 4th Dimension series that we've been doing. And uh, if you're new, if you're visiting today or you, we're catching you up, uh, really the 4th Dimension is a, it's a concept and book written by Dr. Yongi Cho, uh, this teaching has made a significant impact on my own life and my own prayer life, and on our church and many of people around the world. Doctor Cho built a church to the largest church in the world to about a million people in, South, in Seoul, South Korea. Uh, he unlocked principles of faith that have that have literally helped uh, hundreds of thousands of people learn how to pray effectively. And so, uh, again, I, I really recommend. I, I, if I keep banging on about it long enough, I recommend that you read The book or listen to the book in Audible, Uh, but in terms of just get something in your heart, it's so easy to read, it's full of stories. Uh, I try and read it each year, and it it challenges me afresh. And so, what this book's about, and what the concept of the fourth dimension is about, is there's different types of prayer. All right, so when you come into a relationship with God, there are different types of prayer. There's prayer just of fellowship, where you're talking to God because you're friends. And that can happen all the time. And you, you talk and you listen and you commune with God as a type of prayer. There's praise and there's worship where we elevate God and we lift Him up and we exalt Him. You are created to worship. You'll never be fulfilled. You'll never really find true joy until you become a worshiper. Worship is the source of true joy in your life. Uh, there's, there's a prayer where we're repenting where we're humbling ourselves. We're asking God for forgiveness to remove things out of our life. That's a particular type of prayer. There's, there's a prayer where we declare scripture and we renew our mind and we speak things out loud. And that's, that's part of our prayer. There's prayer uh, where we're asking for wisdom, where we're saying, help where we're saying, God, would you guide me in my life? Would you, would you give me uh, keys to the steps? And, and again, that's part of our prayer life. And God, the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as a helper. He wants to help you in every part, every relationship, every aspect of your life. There's, there's prayer where you don't actually say a lot, but wait on God. That's one of the trickiest ones to learn, to wait on God to get filled with His Spirit, to be clothed with, with His power and to spend time in the presence of God. That's, that's a type of prayer. I like to say that prayer is the journey of a lifetime. Discovering the, the, the richness and the depth and the joy of fellowship with God personally, but then together with with each other. I'll tell you what, there's not, half an hour of prayer when you pray together with a whole lot of other people, uh, You know, it feels like about uh, 10 minutes of prayer alone. It just goes so much quicker when you pray with other people. That's, that's why on, uh, when we pray Tuesday nights, and I'll, I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, well, I'll tell you that right now. Instead of praying for 30 minutes this week, we're going to extend for an hour. We're having 30 minutes of revival prayer the way we normally would, but then 30 minutes of four di- fourth dimensional prayer where we're praying over our friends and our Easter services. It's going to be very powerful this week. All right. So these are, these are types of prayer, but then there's the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is when you're believing for something that's impossible, where you need something supernatural to happen and you need God to work a miracle in your life. And the prayer of faith, in in addition to all those other types of prayer, is is a supernatural prayer. And that's what this fourth dimension teaching is all about. It's about, uh, It's about crying out to God, but not just crying out to God, but partnering with God for things to happen. It might be for yourself, might be for somebody else. If it's for somebody else, we call that intercession. And really this kind, of, this kind of prayer, Dr. Cho teaches these four principles around the law of incubation. It starts like this. Number one, you get a clear cut picture. What do you want to happen? This, the prayer of faith starts with a clear cut picture. This is what I want to happen. This is, this is what I, I see happening. And you, you get this clear picture of what you want. Not wishy-washy, oh God, do whatever you want. But clear cut. Okay, I want this to happen in my family, in my children, in our health, in that business, in our finance, in the ministry, in in my neighborhood, with my school friends. I want this is what I want to happen. Number one. Number two, then a burning desire. There has to be an an inner burn, a fire for the prayer of faith because they they don't all get answered straight away. And I'm going to talk about that today. A burning desire, a fervency. James says in, in the book of James, he says it's the effective fervent prayer. So there's got to be some passion to get that thing that you're, you're asking God for. Number three, you pray until you receive from God. And so this is the way that the prayer of faith works. Sometimes we pray and God answers and we go, awesome, thank you, Lord. And then majority of the time we pray, God gives us a promise and a picture, and it's like we get pregnant with the answer, but we have to incubate that and engage the law of faith until that answer comes to pass. That's what fourth dimensional prayer is all about. So we pray until we receive. You're like, how do I know I've received? You'll know. You'll, you'll have a spark of faith and you'll get excited. And it's like, the Bible says, it's like the title deed to a house. When you get the, you get the answer, it's a, it's a substance. You can feel it. Now you might get it, feel excited for a moment and then wake up the next morning feeling anxious because nothing, nothing's changed, okay? But the prayer of faith gets it on the inside and prays it through or incubates it through until the answer comes on the outside. And then ultimately, the, the number fourth is we, we speak the Word and we, so there's this process where we're keeping it alive. We speak the Word of God and we see and we engage our imagination, so the idea of fourth dimension is I, the, the fourth dimension, the three dimension we live in is a, is what you see. It's the natural realm. The fourth dimension is the spiritual dimension. And, and the spiritual dimension impresses upon the natural dimension. And it's out of the spiritual dimension that change happens in the natural. God spoke, let there be light in the natural realm. And because He spoke out of the spirit realm, light appeared in the natural realm. And that's what He wants you and I to do. And this is what He does. He he gives us promises, quickened rhema words. And those words, the Word of God in my mouth, when I speak it out loud, has a creative power. But God's promise in your mouth, when you speak it out, has a creative power. God's Pictures. He'll give you pictures. You pray, you pray, and then you see, oh wow, what one of the pictures I've had lately while I've been praying over our church. I've had two real pictures. I've been praying for our church to enter into a great season of growth and I see this, this awesome big red magnet in the car park pulling people into our church in the spirit realm. Then that, that's for growth. Then when I'm praying for revival, I've seen this well spring up, like literally like a geyser spring up and the fountain go and cover everybody in the church. So, so now whenever I, if I just start praying, God, I want to see revival. I want to see revival. That's a request. That's awesome. But if my imagination starts to go, God, I see the wellspring of revival springing up in our church and coming out and flooding. When I engage my imagination, it creates in the spirit realm. So you, you incubate the faith that God puts inside you with the Word of God. In your mouth and imagination, in your heart and your mind, this is the principle of the fourth dimension. All right. Now, here's the here's the, the challenge. Today, I want to talk about uh, what happens when that doesn't happen when you'd like it to happen. I'm not sure if anyone could relate to that. So, the, the title of my message is God's timing and testing. If I was to get it another, give it another name, I'd say, when you're frustrated and discouraged, turn your neighbour and say, that could be for you. Online, come on, we're, we're engaging today. That could be for you. So there's a, there's a story in the, towards the end of this book that I love with Dr. Cho, where he talks about uh, the, the miracle of their uh, building and facilities. Now, they're building in facilities that that God called him to build. I'm going to show you a little video clip in a moment. It's it's pretty rough, but bear with me because in 2013, I went there. And across four big city blocks in Yoida, which is in Seoul, Seoul, South Korea, uh, they built all these apartment blocks, a 10,000-seat church auditorium, this massive cross. It's like this amazing complex across. So four big city blocks. So just let's have a little look at this. It'll give you a context for what I'm going to talk about. It's massive. Like I said, it was a bit rough. I won't get a job on the video team, but so so four blocks, ten thousand seats, massive auditorium. So Doctor Cho in this book tells the story of exercising his fourth dimensional faith. God says, "Go and buy, get this land and build this ten thousand seat auditorium." So he takes these steps of faith. God miraculously provides through the vice the vice mayor of the city be getting saved in his church, offering him the land right downtown in the middle of Yo- of Yoida, and he gets this this land and he gets finance approved and they start to build. And then as they start to build, a, a, a monetary crisis hits the nation and money dries up, construction prices go through the roof. And part of what had happened to get this program underway, is God had spoken to Dr. Cho about giving their own house as a seed to to build this $5 million building, which is a long time ago, it was a lot of money. And so he'd sold their house, and their plan was ultimately to live in one of the apartment blocks on on site. And so what happened is they, they ran out of money, The construction people rammed the price up. They couldn't get any credit. They'd borrowed from lots of people, lots of elders in the church had put money in and loaned in as well as their own house. And it came to a place where they no longer could afford to pay staff or anybody in church. I couldn't afford his own rent. And eventually said he moved into one of the unfinished apartment blocks because that's all they could do. And then he came, he, he came to the and I'm going to read this to you because this is like, the, the, uh, this will help somebody. Came to a point where he's like, I, I, I can't go on any, any longer. I need to take my life. And he's praying, God, I, can, I just want you to reassure me that when I take my life, that I'm going to go to heaven because I can't face the pressure of the debt and all these promises. And this is what he says, it's on page 100, I'll just read it out to you. Uh, Since we'd sold our home, had no place to go, I bought my family to an unfinished apartment on the seventh floor on the unfinished apartment complex. There was no running water, no heat, and it was freezing cold. Each evening I would come home to the barren apartment all night, we would shiver in the cold weather, we had no food, and everything seemed so dark. I was hitting rock bottom and fast becoming a disciple of Philip. He talks about Philip being a a doubter. I said to myself, I've made a mistake. I should never have believed God in such a way. I should have thought in the traditional pattern. I should not have started to walk on the water. All this business about faith is a fake. It gets better, but this is Dr. Cho being real. All these voices that I heard in my prayer life must have been voices out of my own consciousness and not from the Holy Spirit. I've made a mistake and I began to feel sorry for myself and plan to take my life. Then God spoke to him a little bit later and just told him, you're being selfish. Don't take your life that if you take your life, it'll it'll set a cascade of people in your church taking their life because of the debt that they're in, and it'll be a terrible example. And basically, man up, persevere, and I'm going to work with you to get you out of this situation. And so he did, and uh, get the book and read what happens after this. But... but, uh, But essentially, they began a, a night and day prayer meeting where they would come and pray. I'll tell you one story where they would come and pray and people would just, would just cry out to God and look, they could see their pastor was tormented and, and right on the edge. And one old lady had, a, had her chopsticks and an old wooden bowl. She was 80 years old. She, all she could, would eat would be rice. And she said, Pastor, I want to give my chopsticks so that we can pay for this building. And he said, "You can't do that." And he cried and said, "You can't do that." She said, "No, I want to do that." And as she did this sacrificial act, there's like thousands of people praying. A businessman says, "I'll buy that bowl," and he bought it for thirty thousand dollars. And it began a it began a turnaround in the in the church, and they they ended up paying, like you saw it. I was I've been in that building worshiping God, but it came, but it came through a period of testing a period of testing. The Scripture I want us to look at today is this. For every, any person today who's, worrying, who's who's frustrated and discouraged and wondering what God's timing is and why the heck he's taking so long in answering your prayer, this message is for you. Psalm 105, 18 to 19 says this. This is about Joseph. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. He's literally imprisoned for seven years. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Until the time came that his word. So he had dreams from God that his brothers and his father would bow down before him, that the sun and moon would bow. So he had a dream of influence and leadership on his life, a word from God. He had a a picture that he was incubating and he would imagine it. And he'd imagine people bowing down and he would have influence and he would lead. And so he had this word from God until the time came that his word came to pass the word of the Lord tested him. I want to share three thoughts with us today around God's timing and testing in our fourth dimension journey of prayer for the impossible. The first one is this: the first one is this. Some promises, when God gives you your promises, some promises have a timestamp. Some promises. They Have a time. They, it's like here is the promise. I'm going to give, I'm going to answer your prayer. Uh, you've been praying for a spouse. I'm going to answer your prayer and give you. And God gives you a promise, and you're like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And he he puts a little timestamp down the bottom in the corner that you can't really read. You're like, "Really? Goes, yeah." Because until the time, what when you read that, until the time came for it to come to pass, it was like, "Okay, so in God's calendar." On a certain day, he's circled a date for Joseph to come out of prison to become the prime minister of Egypt. It's circled on the date. Now, Joseph can't read it. He can't see it. He has a few false dawns. At one point, he, he, answer, he interprets some dreams in his, of, of high officials in Pharaoh's house. says, when you go back, remember me. And in his heart, he's convinced this is the time. It's now. God has set me up. Oh, praise God. He's getting ready to share his testimony at church about how God delivered him from the pit, how God delivered him from Potiphar, how God delivered him from the prison. And he's, he's got his incubation. He's, he's got his faith. He's seeing the breakthrough. And every day goes by and he hears that his dreams came, for the interpretation of dreams came exactly true. And he's forgotten. And his idea of timing is shattered again because his dream, his word has a timestamp. There's time. When you get, there's certain prayers, not every prayer, not every promise, but there are certain promises that, that kind of things just have to line up. So you're praying for that spouse and God's over here working in their life, getting them saved. God's over here re- re- doing some, and it's kind of like this perfect, there's this timeline and collision in God for your purpose and His purpose to come to pass. When you get, you know, when you get pregnant with a, with a child, and, and my wife's a midwife, that's my, my claim to fame, three kids, that, that's all I know scientifically, all right, about pregnancy and babies. But here's what, here's what I do know. You go see the doctor, and they go, hmm, Here's your due date, right? Which never is the due date, but just it's a general idea of the time, general time frame of when you're going to have that baby, right? Here's your due date. So, what you don't do is go home going, Praise God, we're pregnant, but God, we want to have that baby tomorrow. Because there's a timestamp on this baby. There's a now it's you know, it might be a day or it might be a few weeks. I remember when we were, when we were pregnant uh, together. Oh man, it was tough. But when we were pregnant with our first son and we were coming to this church on Sunday mornings and, and whoever wrote the due date for us was a liar. And, I, and if Danielle was here, she'd say it way more passionately than me. But we got to the due date. And then another week, and, another, and, and so we, we would come to church, and church was about 80, 80 adults on a Sunday morning. You came in, and, and, and we, we, would, we, would, we weren't leading, we weren't doing anything, and people would just look at her and go, are oh, you still here? Oh, if, if an overdue pregnant lady comes to church, don't say, oh, you're still here, okay. Don't, don't laugh and go, oh, I haven't had that baby yet, have we, all right? Don't do that. That's just not a cool thing to do. Apparently, I've learned. There's, there's a few things. Along with don't say, are you pregnant? That's another on the no-no list. Just for everybody. Unless they're in the ambulance on the way to deliver the baby with a midwife, zzz, zip it. All right. Anyway, so we come to church and, and after about four people saying, Are you, you, you should have that baby. How come you haven't had that baby? She burst into tears. We left church and went, I had a U to that point for my business. And so we went and we rode on all the bumpy roads around the back of the Sunshine Coast, trying to do it, induce that baby to be born. All right. That didn't work either because God had a due date. There's just a due date. And so here's part of the deal. Your Word, sometimes a promise from God, has got a due date. So what's your responsibility? Your responsibility is just to to incubate. Stay in faith. Keep seeing the pictures. Keep speaking the Word. Keep thanking God for His timing. Keep thanking it's perfect because there's, for some promises, there's a due date. Now, how do you know which promises have a due date, which don't? I don't know. But I do feel you get you when you're praying and you're close to the Holy Spirit. There's times you can sense we're coming. There's a the season. The, the, there's a season coming. This is why Galatians tells us, uh, chapter six, verse nine. Let's not grow weary while doing good, for in the proper time or the proper season, we will reap if we don't give up. It's possible to get to your due date. For God's promise to come to pass, but you haven't cultivated your faith enough so that when you get to the moment and opportunity presents, you haven't built your faith up and you miss the miracle. That's what happened to the children of Israel. What they did, God was preparing them through miracle, 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 miracle for their promised land. But instead of incubating with praise and thanksgiving and faith, they complained and grumbled and complained and grumbled. So when they got to their window in time to take their, they got to their due date. They got to their timestamp. They didn't have faith and they missed it. And then they went and had 40 years going around the wilderness again. That is not where I, that's why working on your faith and working on your thanksgiving and speaking the Word of God, uh, because God's got a time for you, but you gotta be ready to receive it. It says in Matthew, uh, when when He comes, uh, will you be ready? Will He find you in faith? Will He find you in faith? So that's the first thing. Some promises have a timestamp. Second thing, most promises have a preparation clause. I know, it's in the fine print. You read the promise from God and He's like, yes, that promise about healing, that promise about provision, that promise about the salvation of a loved one, that that promise about about something God's called you to do, His purpose for your life. And there's something supernatural and God's given you a word and you've got a picture. And so you're waiting and you're praying. But here's what happened. Until the time came for His Word to come to pass, the Word of the Lord tested Him. Wasn't the devil it was the Word of God, spotlighted on him, tested him. Now that word test, uh, it's the Hebrew word, and it means to refine or purify. It's mostly used in Psalms, and it's talking about uh, the refining process of silver and gold. So, when, so if we could change it. Until the time of the Word came to pass, the Word of the Lord refined him. The word of the Lord purified him because this is the process. So, so the, the, here's the process of of uh, purifying silver or gold. I think we've got a, a photo of it behind us. And so, what will happen is is you'll you'll get a a um, crucible, which is this metal thing, and it can either be really small or quite large. Put it in a furnace or put it in somewhere, and you'll you'll literally put little, the little gold pieces or silver pieces in the crucible into the fire and heat it up until, the until let's say, so this is how it will work with gold. The gold will, will melt and all of the impurities will come to the surface under the intense heat. And as it rises to the surface, the, the goldsmith will skim off all of the impurities. And the, the, it's just, it's there. Now, here's the ultimate aim. They know all the impurities are gone. As as the heat has come, the impurities come up. The goldsmiths got them off, and then the, all the impurities are gone because they can see their face in the top of the liquid. This is what God wants to do with you and me. He, he, God's actually less concerned with your comfort and my comfort. You know, he's into answering our prayers because he's a good father. But there's a higher priority on his, on his list, and that's the development of your character and my character to become like Jesus. And so he allows us, let's just look at a few scriptures here. Uh, Psalm 66 verse 10, for you, God, have, same word, tested or refined us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Uh, Isaiah 48 verse 10, I have refined you. Not as silver is refined. I've refined you in the furnace of suffering. Job says this, when he had tested, it's the same word, same Hebrew word. When he had tested me, I shall come forth as gold. Proverbs 17 verse three, the crucible for silver, the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests, purifies, refines the heart. Oh, this sounds painful, doesn't it? But this is how, this is what God, this is so often what God does. God goes, awesome, I hear your prayer. I've given you the picture. It's my will. I've given you the promise. I want you to have the breakthrough. And while you're waiting, there's just these little things that I want to work on. There's just these little things that I want to come to the surface. Said, if I was to answer your prayer right now, you would think it was all you and you would go off and say, You're like, you've been praying for a million dollars. And he's like, I'd never see you again if I gave you a million dollars. You'd just go and disappear. I want your heart, I want your worship. I want to know that when I'm not answering, you know how to be thankful. I want to know that when you're walking through the wilderness on the way to your promised land, that you're not going to complain and say, it was better when I was unsaved. I I want to know that you're going to worship in the good season and the bad season. I want to know that regardless of my answers, He's a refiner. He's refining our heart. He's refining. He turns the heat up. And now the devil gets involved in all this because the devil just wants to steal your faith so that you give up and walk away. And so there's this weird little interplay between what the enemy's trying to do to rob your faith so that you give up and walk away and what the Word's trying to do in refining us. There's this weird little thing where God kind of allows some stuff to go on because He's like, "The, the enemy meant it for evil, but I'm causing this for good. It's what Joseph said, you meant it for evil. The devil meant it for evil that I got put in that prison and that I got thrown, but God meant it for good. How did God use it for good? Well, he refined him. All of that pride that was in him. Everyone's going to bow down to me. I'm going to be so famous. This is going to be so awesome. My brothers and my dad and the moon and the sky. Oh, hey, I'm the man. Yeah. And God's like, Let's get that coming to the surface under the heat of suffering. You're not the man. I'm going to deliver you. I'm the deliverer. I'm the one who will rescue the nations of the world. I'm, I'm refining your attitude. I'm refining your motives. I'm refining your pride. I'm refining your selfish ambition. I'm revi- Sometimes God's like, let's talk about this. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm doing my fourth dimensional prayer. He's like, no, no, really, the way that you're carrying on over here at work, you're like, no, Lord, nope, nope, just believing, 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 believing. Promises, yes, amen, you said it. Come on, double portion, double portion, double portion. Come on, God. And he's like, okay, butthead. That's just to me. Like, I, I, I want your attention. I want your attention because I want to develop you in my—I'm looking for an image I'm looking for a reflection. I'm looking for you to become more like me. That's the, that's the testing process. Turn to your neighbor and say, God's refining you. Oh, I know, online, come on, he's refining you. Now don't say it as if you're happy about it for them. I sad. So it's like, I can see some wives turning to husbands going, I told you he's refining you right now. That's what he's doing right now. He's refining you. The other thing that's important is the development of our character is a very high priority to God. But the greatest priority to God is the salvation of lost people. That's his greatest priority. And so sometimes my pain Sometimes the mystery of the unanswered prayer that I don't really understand why God hasn't acted or didn't act. Sometimes what I've got to work out in that moment is is God's doing something in my heart in terms of compassion. He's positioning me to reach people, to have an, an empathy so that I can share the ultimate. And that's helping people find faith. So the question to ask while you're in your until, Until, until the time came for His Word to come to pass, the Word of the Lord refined Him. So what do I ask while I'm in my until? I ask, am I building my faith? Am I I active? Or have I given up? I ask, this is the second question, God, what are you wanting to do in my heart? What do you want him to do? What do you want to get at? What are you going for in me? Because I want to respond to that, especially if it helps us get to the end, but ultimately your priority. And number two, who do you want to reach through me? Right now. I find right right now, you're like, I find myself going to the, the doctors or the hospital way more than I think I should. I want God to heal me. So one, keep my faith active and alive. Jesus, you're my healer. This is your promise. This is the picture you've given me too. Lord, what are you wanting to do in my heart in this season? Three, lift up my eyes. Who do you want to reach? Who at that doctor's? Who at that hospital? Who in that school? Who, who because of where you are right now, who does he want to reach? And you're uniquely situated to reach people because that's God's ultimate priority. The saving of lost people. Number one, Some promises have a timestamp. Number two, most promises have a preparation clause. Number three, God's promises have a perseverance factor. This is, there's a character that, it seems interesting to me, but one of the character qualities that the Lord wants to put in so many of us is endurance or Perseverance. You go, why is that? I, I, I've been thinking about this. I think part of the reason is that, that it's just the nature of God, His long-suffering. He said, he said, I've suffered with you a long time. Put up with all the stuff you did wrong. Because, and Peter talks about God wants none to perish. And so therefore God's long-suffering. You think of how often God's suffered because of silly things we've done or we've held off or we've rejected Him or we've pushed Him away. He goes, I want to produce endurance in you. Hebrews 6 verse 12, then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the examples of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Faith, active, alive faith and endurance. There's been multiple times in our life where we've needed God to do a miracle. And I have, I mean, I haven't, been living in an apartment with no, air, no, no running water or cold or, or food. That's an extreme. I haven't felt like taking my life. But there's been times where I just wanted to give up. So God, did I miss you? Did you, really, did you really say? Is that what you said? And, and, and one of the things that echo, has echoed in my mind is a comment Pastor Phil made to me years ago. And he said, most people give up too early in their faith journey. The, the breakthrough's here. I'm here And it's just too hard. It's too dark. It seems like nothing at all is happening. So why stay active in my faith? And so often what we do is we get passive in our faith. We're like, well, it's too painful to believe and see nothing. So we go passive. And that's not faith. I found even in doing this series, I found God stirring in my heart to re-engage for certain things that I've just been passive about. And as I've started to pray for them, you know what the first dynamic dynamic's been? Frustration. Like, here we go again. I've prayed about this, God. I've sort of left it in your camp for a while. And he's like, no, no, that's not how I work. Activate your faith. Reactivate your subscription to the channel of faith, somebody. Reactivate your subscription. Set some time aside to pray into those things. Perseverance, 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 perseverance is what God wants to do. Long suffering is a fruit of the spirit. Perseverance, perseverance, endurance, perseverance. You have need of endurance. Bible says. Would you close your eyes with us right now, Father? I just thank you right now, the hard work that you're doing in our hearts you're refining us, God. I pray that you'll keep dealing with the impurities of our heart. Let them keep coming to the surface during the time of waiting, the time of refining. Holy Spirit, move in our hearts. I thank you that as we turn on faith, we flick the switch of faith, we just say, yes, I will believe you will move with us in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. Last thought for those of you who are re-engaging. This is one of the things that, that I will uh, do specifically. I'll just go, all right, I'm re-engaging my faith about this specific issue, and I'm going to just dedicate some time every day to praying about that issue, just every day. It might just be 10 minutes, but, but pressure will cause you just to go back into inactive unless you get active in your uh, prayer and your declaration and make it make it a focus you might you might find when I've been in a season like that uh, you might just get these, um, these podcasts of these series listen for 10 minutes and pray for 10 minutes you get a spirit of faith gets on you when you when you're getting in this zone and I've done that I remember for one year I would listen to the same a couple of tapes it's going back the same couple of tapes. And then I would pray straight afterwards every morning. So listen for 10 minutes, pray. And it was like I was building my faith. It won't grow, weeds grow automatically. Faith doesn't grow automatically. You have to go after it. So come on, give the Lord a great praise. Head back to your seat. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Josh.